Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast, episode 85. Today, we're going to talk about my top seven tips for making long distance relationships great and my top seven don'ts to make sure you stay on track. So stay tuned. I'm Dr. Abby Metcalf, and I'm a number one Amazon bestselling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 30 years of experience helping people create connected and happy relationships. Combining my hands-on experience and all the latest research, I've created actionable tips and tools you can apply quickly and easily to create lasting change in your relationship today. So let's get to it. Well, hey there. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Abby Metcalf. You should know that by now, right? It's great to be here as always. It is a sunny day here in Northern California <laughs> while I'm recording this. It's sort of incredible, the weather here coming from you know New York like I do. Uh, it's I still can't get over the weather and how it stays really temperate, especially here in Northern California, um, all year round. I will say though, I miss my seasons. It, it's it's really something when it's really warm at night and you're out having dinner uh, and just outside and walking around. And here in the in the Bay Area, there's really never a time, maybe one or two days a year, when you can walk around outside with like just a t-shirt on and have dinner or do something. It's always a bit chilly. So I do miss my change of seasons. Anyway, so speaking about long distance, uh, me coming from New York and now living in California, I am going to segue right, that was a bad segue, but you know, stay with me. I'm going to segue into today's broadcast because this is something I've gotten so many emails and letters and and all Facebook messages and everything else about people want to know how to make long distance long distance relationships work. I'm having trouble saying that today. So let's get right to it. These are the do's and don'ts of long distance relationships. I'm going to give you the tips in a minute, but I want to say first a few things that you might not realize about long distance relationships. So number one, according to recent studies about, get this, about 3 million Americans live apart from their spouse at some point during their marriage. And 75% of college students have been in a long distance relationship. And I know I have a lot of listeners from other countries, so I would love to hear about, you know, you can send me an email. Um, I'd love to hear about what it's like in your country. Uh, I didn't look up stats for other countries, sorry. Uh, I'd like to hear how the long distance thing is working there. You know, the online dating is so prevalent now and people are meeting people from all over. Uh, and even as people work in other 
countries and other states and commute even from state to state. I have some clients who live in one state and literally commute to another for work. Um, as that all is happening, yeah, people are really being more and more distant sometimes from those they love. So currently it's estimated that about 16 million people in the US are in a long distance relationship and the average distance is about 125 miles. So now here's what's really important. The second thing I, I want to get home is that most people think long distance relationships never work, but that couldn't be further from the truth. Research has shown that long distance couples actually have the same or more satisfaction in their relationships than couples who live together. The studies also show higher levels of dedication to the relationships, more feelings of freedom, you know, being kind of less trapped, which I guess makes sense, and more intimacy. Sort of crazy, right? I know. Uh, there's a paper uh, that I read uh, by a couple researchers, and it's called Absence Makes Communication Grow Fonder. It's really great. I'll link to it in the show notes. But in it, one of the researchers, Crystal, Crystal Zhang, says, indeed, our culture emphasizes being together physically and frequent face-to-face -face contact for close relationships. But long-distance relationships clearly stand against all these values, which makes sense. People don't have to be so pessimistic about long-distance romance. The long-distance couples try harder than geographically close couples in communicating affection and intimacy, and their efforts do pay back. So there's good news, good news. But to be one of the couples who makes it, you want to make sure you're practicing the do's and not the don'ts, which I'm going to go over today. And before we jump into my do's and don'ts, I want to give a shout out for my TED Talk. I don't know if a lot of you know I did a, a TEDx back in September of 2019, The Real Reason Relationships Fail. And this completely uh, translates to long distance relationships without a doubt. So I'd love it if you checked it out. And if you dig it, hit the like button. Uh, you know, like it if you like it. Uh, there's been a lot of views, but very few people have kind of said whether they like it or not. And maybe even leave a little comment. You could leave a little comment there on YouTube too, you know. Uh, so I'm going to link to that in the show notes. But if you're driving or you don't want to go to the computer, if you just um, Google <laughs> or go into YouTube and put in the search engine, uh, Abby Medcalf TED Talk or The Real Reason Relationships Fail, I will come up. Uh, so I would love it if you, again, checked it out. It would mean a lot to me. I'd love for you to hear it. I'm trying to spread the word as I always am. And uh, again, give me a like if you like it and even a comment if you're feeling crazy. Okay. So Let's get to it. Let's get to those do's and don'ts. I have seven that I've, uh, you know, and this has been curated from research and from my own work with long distance couples. I've definitely worked with quite a few of them and work with quite a few of them. And, uh, and this is what I have seen work. And again, what I've pulled from the research, which I use, that's how I know these things and know if they work or not. So, uh, okay, so let's jump right in. So do number one of our do's and don'ts. Do number one is you gotta believe. That's right. If you're focused on things working, guess what? Yeah, you'll find yourself seeing a lot more good than bad. You'll find yourself seeing a lot more of what's working than what isn't. I have spoken so many times about 
this, what I'm about to say, but I feel like people still miss it. I think you don't always understand how powerful it is. So your brain is equipped with something called your reticular activating system or your RAS for short, which is a filter between your conscious and your subconscious mind. So basically it takes instructions from your conscious mind and passes them on to your subconscious. And you are constantly giving your RAS instructions, but by what you're thinking about, the problem is you don't even realize you're doing it. So, and what I mean by this is if you're thinking consciously anything, uh, and the example I always give is around cars because people always relate to this. If you're thinking consciously in your head, oh, I want to buy a BMW. I really like, you know, I don't know BMWs really well, but I really like the, the, the 4 Series or the 700 Series. I really like the 700 Series. And all of a sudden what happens is that message gets filtered down to your, through the RAS, gets filtered down to your subconscious, which takes it as the order look for 700 series BMWs. That's what it sees it as. And it will start scanning for them. And guess what? When you're out on the road driving, you'll start seeing them everywhere. <laughs> Even if you never saw them before, all of a sudden there's ev- they're everywhere. Uh, it's incredible. It happens every time. And so this is what happens. Your And here's what's so important is that your RAS will also filter out things that don't match what you're thinking about, what this, what your conscious brain is thinking about. So if you are thinking, um, wow, my partner is such a nag, they're always nagging me. Your again, the RAS filters that down your subconscious as an order. Look for my partner nagging me. Yep. And it'll find it everywhere. You'll see, you'll think your partner's constantly nagging. And what's really important, a really important part of this is that it will filter out anything that doesn't match. So when your partner isn't nagging you, when they're appreciative, when they're loving, when they're kind, when they're supportive, when they do all the other good stuff, you won't notice. It's like your Teflon for it. It just flies off the top. And this is huge because when it, I know, because all the time you guys come in my office and then I get these arguments of, uh, well, why are you focusing on that one bad thing I did? I did these other 10 things, blah, 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 blah. And then the partner goes, you didn't say that. I don't remember that. I didn't hear that. Because they, they literally didn't hear it. They didn't see it or hear it because of this RES. So if you're in a long distance relationship and you're always thinking about, how much it sucks to be in one. This is the worst. Ugh, we just have to get through it somehow. Oh, I can't stand this. Guess what? It's going to feel like drudgery and horrible, and you're going to be worried all the time. Instead, if you can really start to focus on the positives, there are positives, people, of have being in a long-distance relationship. And there's many of them, actually, that you can really start to be in this time, not just uh, you know marking off days to get through it, but instead really cherishing that time, building, thinking about growing your relationship. And that's exactly what needs to be happening so that when you are together again, or for the first time, you have all these great skills in place. You have all these great uh, tools that are going on. Otherwise, again, if you're just waiting, don't be in waiting mode. Don't be waiting. Be in the now. So uh, really program, you got to believe, program that RES to be looking for all the positives, all the benefits, all the great parts of living apart for whatever amount of time that is. Uh, That's where I want you, that's your first thing. So don't 
bring negativity and doubt in. That's your don't. No negativity, no doubt. You can't start getting all full of that, or that's what'll keep cropping up. Believe the RAS, okay? And I'll I'll link in the show notes to um, a video I made, a quick, I think it's five minutes or something, a video about the RAS if you want more information, okay? So that'll be there for you. So do, do number one is you gotta believe, and the don't number one is don't bring negativity and doubt in. All right, number two. Make do number two is make a schedule. If you were living together, you'd have some kind of schedule. You'd know when your partner was coming home or where they were during the day. You know, you would know stuff. It's and it's a little different with long distance relationships. So while it's you know, it's you don't need to know where the other person is every minute or to, you know, check every time they leave somewhere. It it is good to have a schedule for when you'll connect and to have a, a you know basic understanding of what their life is on the other side, wherever they're doing it. So when you're thinking about the schedule, I want you to ask yourself some questions. You have to really think about things. The first thing is, when are you at your best? What time of day? When are you really in a good place to truly connect, um, to, to really uh, have, you know, to put it in the schedule to connect with your partner. When is that? So if it's always super late at night and you're always exhausted, that's a problem. Um, I have a couple right now I'm working with where, um, he's in, no, sorry, she's in France and he's here and there's a nine hour time difference. Uh, uh, she's nine hours ahead. And so they end up speaking at, I think it's 11 o'clock or 1130 his time. It's pretty late. Um, and then she's in the morning before she goes to work or something. And the problem is, because she doesn't like to wake up earlier, but the problem with that is that he's exhausted by then and he's not getting enough sleep. So, because he has to get up at six every morning. So if he's not even getting off the phone till till midnight or 1230, and then he's getting up at six, but he feels like this is their only time. And I said, no, it can't be. It can't be. You guys have to work harder at finding something else or you have to switch off. So if if you're doing the, the nighttime because she doesn't want to wake up earlier or whatever, then you need to switch that at some point where she's losing sleep. <laughs> it can't always be you. So you have to figure out uh, where that works. And, and when do you have... When can you devote unrushed time and give your full attention to conversations? So you have to schedule that in. And this is, it's funny, a lot of these tips are things I tell to partners who are geographically close. It's the same thing. Trust me, you're running around in your day, you're doing all this stuff, and you don't make time to really talk and everything is, you know, and it's actually sometimes worse for geographically close couples because this is one of those one's for number one, how it's better to be apart. Because when you see the other person all the time, you take it for granted. You don't really realize that maybe you need to have special time when you guys speak. And so you end up not having that quality time. Long distance couples really know, wow, we have to schedule this. We got to make time to really connect and have time to really, you know, speak and feel close. So that's the good news. You can put that into your do number one <laughs> uh, is having that. So I want you to think about that stuff. When are you at your best? Um, you know, how, who's the more flexible person with the schedule is, does one of you have a little more, um, 
you know, room in their schedule to sleep late or not or whatever, or take time off in the middle of the day. Just one of you work from home or it's easier. Uh, so one of you have a long commute when it would be a good time to talk. I don't know. But think about your schedules really and schedule it in. Uh, Jim Rohn used to always say, he's a, a success guru. He used to say success is scheduled. And I believe that in everything, <laughs> in everything. And so success in your relationship is definitely scheduled. So, um, with that, the don't here is don't check up on your partner constantly. So that's the beauty of the schedule. So you'll know when you'll connect. So give your, you'll give your, live your life in the meantime. So live your life, <laughs> you know, don't, they'll give you something to talk about on those calls. If you go do your thing, have your world, whatever it is. When, and I say this again to couples in close proximity, when they're texting all day, by the time they actually get together, there's nothing to say. There's no, here was my day or here's what I did. Just, you know, have some time apart. It's good to have time apart. Um, so you don't have to know where you're this person is every second, but the general schedule is a really good thing to kind of understand, oh, they're going out tonight with this, or they're doing this after work, or oh, they're working from home today, or whatever it is. You want to know sort of a general thing. And I also want to say what you might do is schedule a different time every week, or even every you know few times a week, however often you talk, uh, and have these sort of deeper conversations. You might schedule those um, differently every week as your schedules change. So don't get into your head, oh, we have to speak, you know, every day at 4 p.m. or something, if that doesn't always work, because then the other person might feel hurt that you scheduled something in that time. Um, you know, that's our special time. You can't schedule anything. Yes, you can. You know, it, if, if the partner, your partner's still a priority and there's another time you can do that. Um, it, it's really important that there's some flex and some room to breathe in these kinds of relationships. So, okay. So do number two is make a schedule and the don't is don't check up on your partner constantly. All right. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Do number three. Set some ground rules around expectations. Now, you have got to be on the same page when it comes to the ground rules for the relationship. This is a biggie. This is big. And I'm not doing these in any particular order. So, uh, you know, it's not like one is more important than another. But if I was doing them in order, I might even set this one up first. <laughs> okay. So, Things like, think of everything for ground rules. How fast should a response to a text be? Some people like to text, some people don't. Some people are busy at work all day. You know, what are you texting about? Well, in, so in that case, what form of communication do you both like the best? 
or will work best for both of you. So maybe you like texting best, but it really doesn't work for your partner, but it does work to FaceTime or whatever. Really think about how you're communicating. Be intentional about it. Be deliberate. That's It's so great. And again, this is great for geographically close couples too. So you can preach to them. If you're a long distance couple, you can preach to your geographically close couples about how it's important to do all these tips themselves. But um, So I want you to think about that. What form of communication? How fast? You know, What are the response rates supposed to be? Again, I kind of mentioned earlier, who can be more flexible with their schedule to accommodate the other is maybe neither. Maybe one is a little bit more. Um, when do you need connection the most? Is it is it bedtime? Is it first thing in the morning? Is it middle of the day check-in? I will tell you, I, I don't encourage having all of these all the time. I think it's hard for people, depending again on time changes and depending on how far apart you are, uh, really be thoughtful about how much check-in you need. Uh, it's nice sometimes to have more, but sometimes it's nice to not feel like you have to constantly be <laughs> be having a certain time every day. Again, uh, so really be thoughtful about how that can look um, and how to make it work. And uh, again, how often are you going to communicate? Just having these ground rules of these expectations. Uh, there's also ground rules around uh, going out with other people. Uh, what kind of, maybe, you know, you don't like your partner out all night. Maybe you don't like them with the opposite sex alone. Um, this happened to me, actually. Here's a here's a close distance relationship. But um, my partner, I was having dinner. I can't even remember who he was, but a guy I'd known for years. And um, I, you know, someone I kind of network with, you know, and so he and I went out to dinner or lunch even. I'm sorry, it wasn't even dinner, it was lunch. Anyway, and I mentioned it to Gary and he was sort of like, oh, who's this? And I told him and he said, you know, <laughs> I actually don't love you doing that, um, having lunch alone with some guy, you know, especially telling me after the fact, not even before the fact. And I, you know, I didn't think much about it. I thought, oh, I didn't, of course it was innocent or I wouldn't have, you know, that's why I wasn't thinking much about it. But, you know, that's an expectation. I, I don't care if he did that. It doesn't, those are not the kinds of things that matter to me. Uh, if he had lunch with some woman who was a networking thing in the middle of the day or whatever, I, I really wouldn't think much about that personally. Um, but it's something that's important to him. And so I, I don't do that. <laughs> I've, I've changed that behavior. Um, and you don't have to get into why don't you trust me or whatever. It's not about that. You know, he trusts me. He gets it. It's just something that made him uncomfortable for whatever reason. And he's allowed to have it. And it's not anything that's barbaric and ridiculous. It's I do network with men. He knows I do. You know, he just, it's so, something about kind of like the intimacy of, you know, certain sorts of interactions that he doesn't love. And that's fine. You know, there's no reason to do it if he doesn't like it. So I want you to, th you know, you and your partner to be on the same page with what the expectations are, the ground rules around that kind of stuff, uh, who they talk to, all those things, which again would be the same if you were close distance also, if you were geographically close also. Uh, but having those, like like Gary and I, you know, having those ground rules is really important. So, and the don't here is don't make assumptions. Make everything crystal clear. Don't assume that you know. I, I had this with another couple where um, they had the long distance couple who had an agreement that 
Um, he, cause he liked to go out to kind of happy hour, uh, after work all the time. And she, you know, didn't love that whole idea of him always being in these happy hour situations in bars and things. But she said, well, as long as you, um, you know, keep your drinking to a minimum, right? That's what she said. And he was like, sure, you know, I don't, that's fine. Um, but it, her idea of what a minimum was and his idea of what a minimum was were very different, it turned out, <laughs> as I, I was doing couples work with them, um, which I do via Zoom, you know, where I can have long distance couples and do a couple session. Uh, and we were talking about it and he, she was complaining because she said, well, the other day when you called, you were clearly like lit up, you know, you had clearly had a lot to drink. And he said, no, he said, I've been really good. I've been keeping it to a minimum, like you said. And a minimum to him was four drinks. Um, which of course would have him feeling pretty loose in a in a happy hour, like a couple hours, and she felt like that was too much. So again, you know, we we got to the 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 bottom of what that meant. So I'm just I'm throwing that out there so you can think about everything. Don't assume. Be clear on definitions. Be clear on what you're talking about, um, so that everyone's on the same page and you're not going to have you know misunderstandings later. Okay, so that is do. Number three is set some ground rules and expectations, and the don't is don't make assumptions and make everything crystal clear. Okay, we're about halfway through now. There are seven tips. So do number four, keep your eye on the prize. Now, so one of the key factors in making a long distance relationship work is to have an agreed upon end date. That is your eye on the prize. So, and this is from the research guys. The research shows that partners who aren't clear about when they're going to be living under the same roof end up with significantly more stress and more less happy than those who had an end date in mind. Now, I sometimes this isn't always um, possible depending on, uh, you know, what's happening, but you, you know, what the situation is or, but most of the time it is. So, uh, for example, I have, I've had military couples, you know, a couple where one is in the military, you know, how long, um, your tour is, you know, you know, how long you're going to be in a certain place. It, it, it's pretty laid out generally, but I've had some people in sort of higher positions where they're not sure. Um, or maybe you go on, you take a sabbatical to another country. You're a professor I've had who took a sabbatical. Uh, you know how there's a beginning and an end to that. It's things like that. There's often a beginning and end. Uh, you take a, I had another client who, um, works, uh, for Facebook who went to work, uh, in another country for a while for them. And, um, you know, it was a beginning and an end, right? To do some work, some research somewhere else. There's all these ways that there's usually a beginning and an end and you know, but there's other times, of course, when it's not as clear, maybe you're saving money for the two of you to move or maybe you're whatever, but you should really be talking about it. Do not be very, very clear um, about the when. So you want to have, you know, ongoing conversations about these expectations, I guess this bleeds into the one we just did, of exactly what the outcome of your separation will be and when. That's what you want to be talking about. So, you know, we will get engaged when we live together. We will, um, you know, get married when we live together, or maybe it's neither of those. And maybe it's just when we, um, you know, 
it's going to be approximately six months. And if it's not, then I'll let you know if it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a year and let's settle in for the year. And then as we get closer to that year end date, we'll really get clearer on the exact month and, and day and time. So it's whatever that is. And the don't here is don't be ambiguous or unclear with your partner. <laughs> you let them know everything you know as you're going. Because again, that is going to be the thing that takes away so much of the anxiety when it pops up. All right. So keep your eye on the prize and don't be ambiguous. All right. Do number f- five. You know, I might have eight do's. I might have miscalculated. Um, (laughs) Be there even when you're not. So this is do number five. Be there even when you're not. Um, Yeah, I think I do have eight. I kept saying seven, didn't I? All right, I have eight. Now you're learning. Look, there's an extra. Um, (laughs) Not living together physically doesn't mean you can't be there. And there are a number of great ways to do this, especially with our current technology. Okay. So one, physical reminders of your partner. Those are great. And, you know, you might want to sleep in his shirt that still smells like him, or, you know, you might have a picture of you guys around. There could be gifts, mementos, souvenirs from that last trip you took together. You know, have some visual representations around of yourselves together, you know, your your life together. Um whatever that means to you. You can send one another things. So written letters are great, by the way. Actual snail mail, you know, or a card. Just, you know, I have a couple I worked with who uh, he bought this, he just went to the store one day, he bought like 20 cards, 20 of them. And he actually uh, just wrote them all out. He wrote, I think he wrote 10 and 10 is how he said he did it. But anyway, and he got him stamped and, and addressed and everything. And he put some little, he actually put some little coupons in some of them. And he was, it was very kind of cute. And he just sent them out every week. He would throw one in the mailbox. And he said it was so easy that way because they were all sitting there in a pile. And um, someone else, you know, he was, he said, when he came to me, he said, you know, I told someone else and they thought this was bad because I wasn't writing my feelings in the moment and sending them and whatever. And I said, no, I think it's great. <laughs> um, and I'm sure your, his, it was his fiance, appreciates it so much getting this card every week from you. It's the coolest thing. So if there's things like that you can do. I had another client, this is one of my favorites. They were apart about a year and he um, sent her a, uh, they had like a wine of the month, like wine. He sent her wine. So every, every month she got like this wine cause they like to drink wine together. Uh, she would get this wine delivery, you know, that was from him and he just signed up for the wine of the month club and had it done. And I had someone else who did something very similar with a fruit, you know, you can get like a fruit basket, a fruit of the month. <laughs> Isn't that great? I think Harry and David does it or someone like that. But anyway, they're not even sponsoring me, damn it. I'm giving them a shout out. But, um, and you can sign up and your partner will get fruit that's in season uh, once a month. And, you know, just again, this other reminder of you. You can obviously, you know, play an online game together uh, or, you know, words with friends, something like that. You, or have a series or a show that you watch together every week. Get on get on the call, get on the video chat, or just get on a phone call or however you want to do it. Um, and uh, just watch a show together and talk about it and do whatever while you're watching. You can, uh, I have another client who used to uh, shop, 
her man would shop for clothing and they would video chat while he did it. So she would shop with him. You know, he would walk her through the store and like, how about this shirt? What do you think of this? He'd try things on. And, um, you know, they had some good times, by the way, in the changing room. Anyway, <laughs> uh, video, it's kind of fun. Uh, but you know what I mean? There's all these ways to do that. Uh, go for a hike in nature. And you can even do something. I have another client who videoed himself hiking in nature. So, because uh, where he was didn't have good cell phone service, but and then he sent her the video of his hike. I thought that was kind of cool. He like posted it somewhere, like on Dropbox or somewhere, and then she could watch the video later. So there's all kinds of ways to do this to be there even when you're not. Get creative. Get thoughtful. It's a lovely, lovely thing. Uh, so the don't here is don't think out of sight, out of mind. You know, <laughs> really think of how to include your person in your life in meaningful ways. These are meaningful ways. These are true connecting ways as opposed to, oh, I call every morning, we say hi, and I call every night, we say goodnight. Uh, that's fine, but really these are experiences. These are thoughtfulness, just uh, thoughtful gestures. These are those kinds of things that are going to have a lot of bang for the buck. Okay. My uh, number six, quality over quantity. It's not how much you communicate, but the quality of that communication. And this is true for long distance as well as geographically close couples. This is a place where long distance couples have the advantage because you know your time together is precious. So you treat the communication differently. You're not going to spend time on logistics or, you know, all those ins and outs of living together. Did you take out the garbage? Did you get Sophie to baseball practice? Did you, you know, you're not doing that crap. And that's sort of what's amazing. You know, you really have this way of looking at time together very differently. And that's one of your pluses. So geographically close couples have, they have so many opportunities to communicate. They, they often lose quality, right? Often. Isn't your turn? Isn't it your turn to put away the dishes? Or are we having chicken for dinner again? <laughs> right? You keep missing the hamper with your dirty socks, you know? These are all the things, all the communications that happen all the time with geographically close couples that aren't such great communications, right? That really can break down. So long distance couple, couples alone, you don't have as many opportunities to communicate, right? You don't have as many opportunities, as much quantity. You can really make the quality something special. And that's where the emotional closeness lives. Let's be real. That's where it lives. So you know, you don't have the ability to read subtle body language and pick up on other cues, even on FaceTime and lives or whatever. It's different. So you want to make sure the language you use, the words you use is super thoughtful and deliberate. And so the good news is that when you focus on this quality, on the quality, you really build a strong connection. And for many people, and here's a big secret that long distance couples have that in that close proximity don't, is that for many people, it's easier to share deeper feelings when it's not face-to-face. -face. That is such a common thing. So this doesn't make, so the fact that you're not face-to-face -face doesn't make your intimacy any less real or your connection any less real. In fact, again, because people will share deeper things when they're not staring at the person, it might create more intimacy and closeness from the that level of sharing and getting to know on each other. It's it's great. And I will tell you, it's interesting when I do a lot of um, sessions with clients, if 
it's pot whenever possible i like to just be on the phone i don't like to use video because i have found that people are much more again will really say things they don't always say if you're staring at them or if they're staring at the other person and uh it's just a more intimate conversation and you're really honing in on what you're saying and what you're hearing because you're not getting distracted at all with the visuals so i want to put a big shout out there for um just having a, an old school phone call, it's a great thing. So, so, and when you do all this and have this more sharing, when you do eventually spend more time together and have to deal with things like the chores and the snoring and the, and the, and the dishes and everything else, it's going to be way easier to work through those things, to overcome those things when you have that strong foundation of emotional closeness. So this is just, you know, this is a, this is great. So, uh, and the, so the don't here is don't connect out of insecurity. I see this all the time and your communication will get hijacked by that insecurity. So, cause what happens, of course, we know this, right? You, you're anxious. So you're, you know, you're insecure and you're anxious and you're trying, no matter you, you're trying to get reassured by your partner, but no matter what they say, you're not reassured. It doesn't work. So, you know, really be uh, mindful of that. So that the frequency, um, doesn't have to be so much. It's not about that. It's about the level of the connection. Okay. Just really want to say that. All right. So uh, the next do uh, number, oh no, it is seven. No, it's, oh, I have eight. Sorry. Okay. Number seven, <laughs> but these are quick ones. Ready? We're almost at the end. Number seven is meet in person as regularly as possible. And so when you haven't seen each other in a while, I, I'm going to say this. There's a lot, I think there's a lot of pressure on making the most of our time together, you know? And this is true again when I have geographically close couples who don't see each other much. Maybe they have opposite schedules or something. Um, but it sets you up for lots of disappointment if things don't go perfectly, which of course they won't. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. The things aren't, you're going to have magical, amazing times, but you're also going to have times when it doesn't work. And so you, you know, you want to make sure you have some things to do, you know, some things, fun things scheduled, but mostly go with the flow and just be, just, just be as much as possible to, to, to really learn how you are as a couple is to not always be doing something amazing because one day when you live together, you're not always going to be doing amazing things. So how are you when you're just hanging out, when you're just gonna be? It doesn't need to be an extravagant vacation every time. So sometimes that's fun, that's great, but don't always think that that's the only thing you do together because that's not really what a relationship is going to be on the other side. So how do you balance those things? And again, you're setting yourself up for it to be perfect and to put all that pressure on the time together. And that's going to create problems in and of itself that I don't want you to have. So the don't here is don't put pressure on creating a you know weekend extravaganza when you're physically together. Really make sure there's some room in there, some time, some space. Okay. And last but last, not least, number eight, because there's not seven, but there's eight. <laughs> you need to focus overall on love, not fear. I say this a lot. You hear me preach love, not fear a lot. You cannot spend time being jealous, being worried, being anxious. It Just like in a close proximity relationship, 
those fear-based emotions, because they're all fear-based, never work. Jealousy is not a love emotion. It's a fear-based emotion. It doesn't work. Anxiety, all those things, worry. You can't have a love relationship based on fear. I say it all the time. If you're having these emotions, it means you're disconnected. So you've got to work on the connection instead of working on the snooping. Do not, do not do that. Don't be following all the things they're doing. I have some couples in long distance relationships that I've worked with who actually do not follow each other on social media because they were getting too caught up in all that. What the other person was doing, oh, you look like you're having more fun. You didn't mention you stopped off here. You know, it just gets weird and sometimes. So, and for you, it might not, but for some couples it does. So be very, very mindful. And the don't here is don't spy. Absolutely no sneaky behavior or secret stalking of your partner's life. You can't do it. If you don't trust your partner, you're in big trouble. Whether you're in a long distance relationship or a physically close relationship, you are in big trouble when there's no focus, when there's no trust, sorry. So you really have to either do that or don't. You cannot drive yourself crazy. You're gonna have to just give in. You, I always say you can have faith in fear or faith in love. And I always want you to have faith in love and trust, compassion, openness, vulnerability, willingness, kindness, gentleness, these are all love-based emotions, and that's where you're gonna need to put your the majority of your focus and time. Get that RAS I mentioned earlier working in the right direction. So that's it for today. I want you to focus on the do's and not on the don'ts, and you can absolutely have an emotionally close, loving relationship that goes the distance. I was waiting for that pun. You knew I was. You knew I wanted to say that all day. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Remember to check out my TED Talk and uh, give me a like. I'd really appreciate it or a comment if you like it. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast at www.abbymedcalf.com.